Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert visionary and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery. I'm your host, Amy Montgomery, entrepreneur and digital marketing agency owner. Today, my guest is Mike Harbour. He is a leadership coach, speaker, and trainer who specializes in high-performance leadership development. He's helping businesses retain their best talent and attract their industry's best. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Amy. So good to be here. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. So can you share your journey with us and how you became a leadership coach? Yeah, probably like uh, anybody else that eventually finds their calling or their purpose. It's kind of by blind luck. I've been, I was in the army, really. I, I joined the army after college and I, I want, you know, I've always kind of been goal driven and, and uh, rise into a leadership role just because I'm pretty, pretty force, forceful communicator and, and those kind of things. But I wasn't really a good leader, Amy. I thought I was because I gravitated toward leadership roles. And luckily, when I was in the military, I had some leaders that led me that thought a lot of me, didn't, but didn't leave me where I was. They recommended some some study. They recommended some reading. And I tell a story. I made it through high school and college somehow without reading a book, but I read my first book when I was 23 years old called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Many people know it. It's the first book I ever read. I kind of fell in love with, with personal growth and leadership at, at that point. I've been a student of of books and, and leadership and teamwork ever since. So 25 years plus now, I mean, kind of a personal development junkie, but while I was in the army, part of being a, a good leader in the military is developing other people. And so I really found my love for not only developing myself, but developing others and helping them excel, did a lot of training in the military. And then as I got out of the military, 12 years later, really six years later, I spent six active and, and another six in the reserves. But as I got out of the military and kind of began my civilian life, it was, I, I more gravitated toward learning and, and development type roles. And so over the years, all my backgrounds, kind of healthcare leadership, all my years have been really just developing people, developing myself, then taking that knowledge and developing other people, coaching and inspiring them to kind of see something in themselves, maybe that they don't really see, pull that potential out of them. I'm a believer, you, me, everybody on the planet, they have way more potential than they're even touching within themselves right now. I, I think it's my role, my purpose, my calling to kind of nurture that potential that others have and help them be more effective in whatever role that they're playing. So that's kind of a little bit about my journey there. Let's talk about the great resignation. How yeah. are you helping businesses solve this big problem that we're facing? Yeah, wow. It's a great question and a, a huge problem right now. Every one of my clients that I'm working with in the hospital space are just, they're, they're begging for people to come to work for them. People are leaving because they're tired, they're overwhelmed. But here's what we know right now, Amy, the number one reason people are leaving uh, the workforce is because they don't feel cared about, they don't feel valued by the organization. Uh, that they work for. Now, I'm going to be a little bit hard on people that are listening right now. This is going to be a little bit hard, but it's what I'm having to share with my clients. The problems that we face today in the Great Resignation didn't happen because of COVID. They happened for, for 10 or 15 years of, of maybe poor leadership, poor nurturing of those relationships, poor development of people. Where Really, where we're challenging the, the teams and, and leaders and companies that we're working with is we've got to spend more time developing self, number one. We've got to be the leader 
uh, that we need to be to be able to, to nurture people. I just had a coaching conversation today with one of my clients, and one of her questions was, how do I help my team who's overwhelmed, tired, overworked? And my first question to her was, well, what do you like? When you're overwhelmed, when you're tired, what do you respond to? How do you like to be led in that moment? And she was so stuck on how to help her people. She didn't really ask the question about how she helps herself, right? Or how she likes others to help her. And it was just a, it's a simple answer to a big question, right? It's not easy. Really all people need today is they need us to come around and put our arm around them, tell them that we, we care about them, that we love them. We know they're tired. We wish we could do more. We wish we could pay them more. Whatever those things are, we wish we could do more for people, but we can't, we can't make the pandemic go away. But what we can do is care for people, listen to them, be curious about them, just help them kind of vent a little bit. Not, I don't mean allow them to be negative and not work, but allow them to vent some of their frustration right now. That's one thing, Amy. Then the other thing is as we come out of this and we will, we're going to, I feel confident that 2022 is going to be the year that we finally begin to make some forward progress in this. But as we come out of it, leaders and companies have to put a focus on people development. Because the number one, 87% of the workforce right now say they would stay with their organization if they feel cared about. And the way they feel cared about is if they're developed, if they're nurtured, if those skills, uh, those you know, soft skills, hard skills, technical skills, if those things are trained and developed more often versus our leaders and our companies just griping at us, telling us we need to do a better job. So we need to spend more time creating a culture of learning within our organizations. Those are kind of the two biggest things right now we're working with on, uh, with our clients and leaders. What are some of the systems that you help with to retain great employees? The number one uh, thing, I think retention begins during the interview process. <laughs> so if we're interviewing new people, which a lot of people are right now, right? They're trying to attract new talent. So I think number one, retention begins during the interview process. I've got to start sharing who I am as a leader. We've got to talk about what our values are as a company, what our expectations are as a company, and then what I'm going to deliver as a leader. So that begins in the interview process. But the most important thing that leaders do with a new employee is that first 90 days. It's the, it's the most important the first 90 days in a new employee's life is the most important in that employee's life and the leader's life. Because if we onboard that person well, and so what I teach is a 12-week onboarding process. Every leader should have a 12-week plan. And Amy, here's what you're going to learn week one. Amy, here's what you're going to learn week two. Amy, here's what you're responsible for learning week three. So it's a give and take. I'm going to put the responsibility in your lap, but I'm responsible as your leader. So a 12-week onboarding process is a must today because turnover is happening in the in 30 days right now because people are being brought into the workplace and then are being forced to work without any knowledge of how to do it correctly or that way. So if I heard somebody to my company, the Harbor Resources Company, there's the Harbor Resources way. If you hire somebody within your company, there's the Amy Montgomery Company way, right? Mm -hmm. But what most people do is they hire people and expect them to just know how to do it. And we have to teach and train people the way that we do it within our company and not just gripe about them not knowing how to do it, right? So that 12 weeks is so important. And if you do that well, Amy, people will stay with you if, if we do that onboarding well. And then once we get past that 12-week onboarding, now we're talking about current employees. we got to coach them every week, every month. Uh, a one-on-one, a robust one-on-one -on -one coaching session every single month. Every employee deserves a one-on-one -on -one conversation with their boss every single month. 
so they can find out how they're doing. The boss needs to know how the teamwork is working out. I mean, that gives us as a boss opportunity to find out things that people may leave for that we don't know. People don't leave because of money. They leave because there's some thing going on within the team. They blame money. Well, if I get paid more, I would stay, but that's really not it. They just want to get paid more to put up with the kind of the baloney that they're having to put up with. I have to watch my language. I almost let something slip there, but put up with the baloney a little bit that they're dealing with in their teams. And so these are things on interviewing a robust interview, a great onboarding program, and in coaching and development on a regular basis. This is how you retained talent. The great companies that keep people do those things really well. Yeah. I absolutely love that onboarding suggestion because it made me think of organizations that you walk in and even if there's a way that things are done and you're asking Oftentimes you get the response, well, we don't have a process. We don't have processes. And then you go out to execute and you do something and it's like, well, you didn't do it the way that we do it. And it's like, okay, you said there was no process. Clearly you have a process. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) You're just not calling it what you're not calling it. You haven't put it into a document. You know, that's it. Oh, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, if, if it's in your head, it's not a process. It's your process, but no one else knows it. Right. And you can't teach it to someone else. I just had a coaching session with an HR director today, Amy, as we interview this today with an HR director responsible for 1500 employees. The organization has 1500 employees. She just hired a new employee for her department. Zero onboarding plan for that individual. It's all, well, I got it in my head. Well, what if you forget something? What if you get busy? You're distracted. Someone else comes in. You thought you taught this individual something. You didn't. That person doesn't have a plan to learn for the first 12 weeks. They're just coming in, not knowing what they're supposed to do. This is an HR director for an organization of 1,500 people. Now, if that person doesn't have it, what about the other leaders, the other 150 leaders within the organization? They don't have a process for their people as well. And so it's no wonder that people get frustrated when they come to work at organizations because they don't know what to do. They're just thrown into the fire and hope they don't get burned. Right. And so yeah. the, the process is key. And the, and the process, as you said, is a document. It's a written document, a plan that I could put in your hands and say, Amy, here's what we're going to teach you. And here's what you're responsible for learning the next 12 weeks and make sure if we fail to teach you something, you let us know. And then that's followed up by a meeting every single week. The leader needs to have a meeting with, if I'm hiring you, I need to meet with you every Friday or every Monday and, and, and talk to you about what did you learn? What did we forget to teach you? Where do we need to spend a little bit more time diving deeper and teaching? Because some people, they won't learn it the first time. We have to reteach it, reteach it, reteach it, right? Yeah, definitely. So what should business owners be focusing on when they're hiring new people? It really depends on the type of role, okay? But I'm a big believer we hire for cultural and values fit first. I'm assuming, and I'm going to speak, I'm going to speak healthcare for just a minute. If I'm interviewing for a nursing position, I'm assuming that I'm interviewing somebody that has a nursing license, that they're a nurse already. What I'm more concerned about is who are they? Like, do they fit my culture? Are they honest? Will they give me their, the best care? Will they try to do everything to save the patient's life, right? I'm, I'm looking for values. In your case, you're a marketing agency. I'm assuming when you interview somebody, you're interviewing somebody that has marketing skill. Maybe they can write copy or they can creative ads. It depends on the role, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming we, we, we're interviewing for skill, but the most important thing is 
do we have clear values for our company? And I've got my values written out. I've got each value defined and each one of those definitions has behaviors that model that. So in my case, I use my last name, Harbor, H-A-R-B-O-U-R, as an acrostic for my values. Honorable is the H, right? I've got honorable defined. And then what are the the behaviors that model someone who would be honorable? So when I'm interviewing someone, I'm going to ask them questions that tie back to that value. And see, I'm looking for cultural fit versus skill set. Sometimes skill set doesn't matter. I mean, maybe I'm hiring somebody. I can teach them what I need to teach them, right? If it's a customer service role, I can teach customer service. I want to know if they have the cultural and values fit that's going to be a match for my company. Because, Amy, the number one thing, this is an old cliche. We hire people for what they can do. We fire them for who they are. Mm -hmm. And that's really what we're talking about here. We tip most companies, they, they look at skill set only. Oh, yeah, you can do this job. And then they come to work. And they don't like them because they're not a values match, right? And we fire them because of who they are. They don't fit our values. So to answer your question, what should companies be focusing on when hiring new people? Values, cultural fit, values fit, who the person is on the inside, not what they can do on the outside, if that makes sense. Yeah, I love that. What are some ways that businesses can work to keep people around? Yeah, there's so many things. Here's what I know. Pizza parties and popcorn parties don't do it anymore, right? Right. I mean, and this is, look, we laugh at that and, and everybody likes a free slice of pizza or a cake or birthday cake or whatever. But at the end of the day, they're going to get those things other places too, right? So what do people want to stick around the workplace for a few things? Number one, they want to know that the work that they do is valued, right? How do we demonstrate that? Well, the way we demonstrate value to people is we high five them once in a while. I call it a high five culture. Hey, Amy, great job. And give some specifics on what the great job was. Not just great job, Amy, but great job. Amy, you, you put together some great questions for this podcast to make this conversation go so well. Thank you for putting a little bit of effort into that. And I really appreciate that because it helps me prepare. That's a specific pat on the back, high five for work well done, right? So that's one thing. The other thing is uh, people want to be given opportunity to grow. They need a ladder. So if I'm starting out on the bottom step of the ladder. How do I climb to the top? And so as leaders, we have to think creatively about opportunities we can give people to grow when they know that there's opportunity for them to grow, not just in money, but in skill set and responsibility and learning the things they need to learn to be a leader potentially in the future. That's another way uh, that we can teach them. We have to give them opportunity to lead as well. We're high-fiving them. We're giving them opportunity to grow. We're also, we want to give them opportunity to lead. So give them a project, delegate. And, and I hate the word delegate. Okay. I don't, I'm not a fan of the word delegate. I, I like to talk about equipping them, but so that the audience knows what we're talking about, give them some responsibility that you have as a leader and let them go learn. Now, what I teach is equip them to do it the right way. Don't just delegate to them and let them fail, but equip them, coach them, teach them. These are just a few things, Amy, that if we do that, if we high five them for things that they've done, most leaders only talk to their team members when they've done something wrong. Hey, you didn't show up to work today on time, Amy. Make sure that doesn't happen again. Yeah, but what about the 364 days I've made it on time? You only saw the one day and you mentioned the one day I didn't make it on time, right? So that's devaluing them for the other 364 days. Value them by high-fiving and being specific. 
give them growth opportunities, show them, create the ladder for them. Hey, if you want to get to this level, here's what you got to do. You want to get to this level, here's what you got to do. Create the growth ladder for them. And then two, give them a chance to lead and learn leadership skills because everybody, not everybody, but not out of 10 people want to be in charge. Uh, they want to lead something. So we have to give them opportunity to do that. We don't have to give pay raises and we don't have to give pizza parties if we do those things. There are many people that would say when it comes to people not fitting in or leaving, whatever it may be that, well, this is our culture. This is who we are and they don't want to change. What advice would you give to them? Yeah, what a great question. Love that. Number one, if we are too good to change, we're, we're going to fail, right? I mean, I'll just speak about myself for just a minute, Amy. I grew up in a pretty tough home, uh, pretty dysfunctional environment. I grew up with a pretty hard edge when I left home. I, I left home with zero skill to lead others. I watched my parents. It was, there was violence in my home every day. So conversation was not nice conversation. It was violent conversation, physically, verbally violent, poor leadership modeling in my home. Okay. I mentioned that I went to the army. That's because that's why I rose up the ladders because I was a force to be reckoned with, right? I wasn't going to be stopped. However, my leadership style was abrasive and hurtful and authoritarian and those kind of things. I'm loud and I'm still loud, as you can tell. I mean, I've got a, a deep voice and, and I've got a lot of energy, but I have learned to be empathetic with those that aren't like me, right? I've, I've learned to be empathetic with maybe someone's story, where they come from. And as leaders, it, so I share that story, not to impress anybody, but to impress upon people. If we don't change, we're in trouble. Like I would not be sitting here with you today had I not changed some things about my leadership style, about the way I thought, my values. So let's take it to your question. As a company, if you're continually losing people, it's not the people, it's you, it's your culture, it's your leadership style. And if, if all we say is, is, well, this is the way I am, and if they don't like it, they can just leave. Think about the money that's costing you to replace individuals. Okay, here's what I know. I'll, I'll make it about a bottom line since we're talking probably to entrepreneurs here. It, it's going to cost you three to 10 times that person's salary to replace them. So look, I'm not good with math. I'll use $10,000. Okay. If you're paying someone $10,000 and you lose them, it's going to cost you $30,000 to replace them in recruiting costs, training costs, downtime because you've lost them. Right. Mm -hmm. or, or at least 30,000, maybe a hundred thousand, depending on the type of role, the specialty of that. Right. And so as leaders, we have to quit thinking about it. Well, this is just the way we are. And how's it impacting my bottom line? Can you afford to lose a hundred thousand dollars every time you lose a an employee because that's what it's costing you. And if not, then what I have to do as a, as a leader is I have to look in the mirror and say, okay, what do I need to change? Why are people leaving my company? Why, why are people leaving? Is it me? Is it my style? What do I need to learn? What do I need to develop? Do I need to get a coach for somebody to come alongside me and, and help me see things that I'm not seeing? I mean, I pay for coaches every single year in my life because I got, I still need, even though I've been doing this for a long time, I still need people to to help me see things I don't see within myself, right? So I pay for coaches. So maybe you as a company need to spend some time creating values for your company, 
that means something, creating a culture of growth, creating a culture of leadership, understand the marketplace and, and what people need. Maybe they need work schedule flexibility today. This is one of the things I'm talking with some companies about just because I grew up where it was eight to five. Yeah, I mean, you come to work eight to five. Well, maybe today, if someone can get their work done, working eight to noon, five days a week, it's a, and then they go home and do some work from home or flex work schedules. There's all kinds of things we have to do differently today. And so what I say to those companies that say, well, this is our culture. And if they don't like it, they can just leave. Well, that may be okay if there's plenty of people to hire, but right now there's not plenty of people to hire. So maybe you need to do some flexing in your culture. And, and this is a time to, what I would say, recast your vision, recast your culture, re do a reset in the way that you operate. I'm not saying we got to throw everything out, throw the bad out, keep the good and move forward. That's kind of my thoughts on that. Can you share some of your client success stories with us? I'll just share one of my hospital clients when I came in we, we talked about hiring and, and onboarding a little bit. I had a hospital client, they were turnover rate was 60 people a year and in the hospital, their $60,000 salary at minimum, I think their average salary was $60,000. And, and so you just add that times three, right? That's $180,000 per person minimum that they're losing every time they lose somebody. They were losing people in the first six months, the first year, they couldn't keep them. And so we put some of these tools in place that you and I've already talked about today, the, the hiring process, teaching people how to interview for fit, for cultural fit, not for body or skill set. We put in some onboarding programs and systems and every leader built an onboarding plan for their department. So when they hire a new employee, anyway, make a long story short, by putting some of these things in place, we even worked with the executive team. We created these values and the behaviors that were that that you and I have talked about. So all of these things put in place in the first 12 months, we decreased their turnover rate by 26%. So that's a significant amount of people, a significant amount of money for what they paid me. And so all these things work. That's just in year one, okay? By keeping and doing that, the rate continues to go down, even during COVID, even during COVID, because when we create culture, people will stay with us. They're going to stay for the culture when they feel valued. So all of these things, turnover rates continue to go down, even in the COVID years with that particular organization. Perfect. So what do you think has been your truth that has gotten you this far in your journey? Oh man, what a question. It's really a new truth for me over the last few years. I grew up, as I said, in a pretty rough home, broken home, kind of raised myself early in my years. And so I grew up with the belief, you've probably heard this, Amy, if it is to be, it's up to me. And so I grew up pretty much doing things by myself, not really a good team player, working hard, working hard. But over the last 15 years, what I've learned is if it is to be, it's up to we. It, I've got to have people in my life that can help me accomplish the things that my big dreams that I have, right? In doing that, I'm helping them accomplish their dreams. Like we, you and I are doing this podcast together. I could do it. I couldn't do, I have a great conversation by myself here, right? The companies that I work with, I can't go in and do all the leadership development work by myself. It takes a team of people around me to be able to do that. And so the truth that's gotten me this far over the last 10 years is moving from 
me to we. If it is to be, whatever that dream is, whatever that goal is that you have, there's a we that's going to be involved. Even if it's your employees that work for you, you can't just tell them to do it. You have to build relationship with them because it's those employees, they become the we to help you accomplish those goals if you're a company, an entrepreneur or business owner. Yeah, definitely. So Mike, if there are people that are listening that would love to check out your services, uh, what's the best way to contact you? Yeah, probably my email website's a great place, harborresources.com, H-A-R-B-O-U-R resources.com. We've got lots of free resources there that that people can grab, but my email is mike at harborresources.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn at Mike Harbor. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, Mike Harbor as well. That's I spent a lot of time there. I think that's where you and I may have found each other. Amy. Yeah. <laughs> and I will put all those links down below as well. Thank you yeah, so much for true. coming on and sharing your expertise today. Hey, thanks for having me. This was a fun conversation. I hope we added some value to, to your listeners. Yeah, definitely. And I think that it is definitely a topic that so many need right now. So thank you for coming on. Yeah, my and pleasure. If you are listening, you want more information about this podcast and upcoming shows, you can visit a call to thrive.com. Thank you everyone and have a wonderful week.